Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Doctoring Duo podcast, uh, the podcast where you get true, honest, and unfiltered information um, by average pre-meds, for average pre-meds, I guess formerly average pre-meds. Um, my name is Eleni Fafudis. I'm an MS2 now at uh, Penn State College of Medicine. And as a reminder, I speak only for myself and not for my institution. Yeah. Hey, everyone. I'm Noah Lee, second year medical student at Mayo Clinic Alex School of Medicine. Just like Eleni, I speak for myself and not my institution. All right. I can't believe we've been on this podcast for more than a year now. Can you believe that? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. We're already second year medical students in the groove of things, getting ready to start clerkships in less than six months. It's crazy. Yep. So we we had a pretty exciting summer. Um, I think they both were involved in a lot of things, but I don't think you've had a summer. That's right. Right, Noah? No, I, I didn't really have a summer. So um, since we took week-long breaks after every um, really didactic uh, block, we we didn't get a summer. So we were catching up on what you guys did while you guys got a nice summer break. But, you know, it's all good because you guys didn't get those breaks between. <laughs> between no, we did not. Between didactics. So it's only fair. Um, so today's topic is kind of how to switch study strategies during different organ blocks. And that's not really a very succinct name for a YouTube video or a podcast title. Um, but we thought it was an important enough topic to discuss because I think both of us have realized kind of switching through each block, uh, you really, you're not always using the same strategy every time. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I think, and you know, it's interesting because I came into medical school um, you know, studying one way with Anki. And then I think Eleni had this experience too. Like it just became too much. So then that fell out for a while. And now Anki's back as I'm currently in hematology oncology and memorizing all those labs and values was just not going to happen without Anki. So I think being flexible and knowing um, what your strengths and weaknesses are for each organ block takes some time, but it's important. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, I was thinking about this because I'm talking to a lot of first years now that are coming in and kind of asking us how to do things. Um, and I think for me, the biggest change between blocks is how I prioritize things. And like, for example, we had a form and function block, which was like musculoskeletal and a little bit of room and derm. And I think for that one, I really changed my strategy in the sense that I focused a lot more on anatomy like anatomy, anatomy, anatomy for that one. Um, whereas, you know, in other blocks like, you know, cardio resp, uh, for us that was cardio and palm, I think that uh, the the primary focus was on physiology, like anatomy was there and it was an exam for us, but it wasn't necessarily what I felt I had to focus most time on. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because you your your um organ blocks were structured very differently from ours. Like it sounded like it was very much anatomy first and then physiology. We had an entire anatomy course at the very beginning of medical school. And then it sort of assumed from there that you know the basics of the anatomy. Now let's move on to the physiology and the pathophys. So I think for me, a lot of my um what it came back to, especially for like um anatomy heavy blocks was like a review a refresher of the anatomy say for like neuroscience like neuroanatomy is very important and how to structure relate to function and going back to the basics was really helpful versus something like hematology not much anatomy but very much um you know focused on physiology and understanding how things work and why things work and um 
nephrology is another example where rote memorization isn't going to get you there. I really had to focus a lot more on like drawing things out. Like how does the loop of Hemley work? How does countercurrent exchange and all that jazz work? So I think some things are going to rely more heavily on memorization. Some things are going to have to really slow down, take your time and think through things. Yeah, you know, you made an interesting point about Anki. Um, so I actually, I was pretty religious about the Anki kind of because we started out with like immuno and micro and uh, moved into cardio and that type of thing. And pretty much by the time we were at, gosh, we were at uh, form and function in MSK, I pretty much had to drop Anki, which wasn't a great idea, but I just didn't have the time. I had to focus the Anki on the anatomy. And like, I think that a big part of learning study strategies as well is figuring out what time you have and what time you don't. And for me, I just didn't have the time to keep up with, you know, 900 reviews a day on on King during MSK. And I think it ultimately ended up working out better because I put that focus towards anatomy. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think and I don't know how variable the time links were in your preclinical courses, but for us, like MSK, for example, was like a two or three week course. It was very much the high yield um, and it was much more high yield to focus, at least in our case, on the pathophysiology and the things that you'll commonly see in the clinic versus, you know, relearning all the nerves of the brachial plexus again, for example. So, I mean, I think for them, if you get bogged down and doing Anki for a specific thing, you can lose sight of the bigger picture. And um, especially in medicine now, as we move into our second year and certainly in clerkships, it's going to start transitioning more towards, you know, thinking through a differential and things like that. So I think, you know, it, it's different for everybody, depending on where you are and how your school structures things. You know, and also part of it too is what's external to what you're doing, right? Like you're going to have to study for OSCEs. Noah just finished an OSCE, right? Yeah, I sure did. I have my first OSCE and Lenny's a pro at these, but I just have my first one. Definitely not a pro. Uh, definitely forgot quite a few things in my OSCE. <laughs> uh, um, but like, you're going to have other things to study for too. And so recognizing like what parts of the block are more amenable to that type of studying versus like what is not, um, I think is, is a really good skill as well. Um, like for example, this upcoming week that we have. Um, so we're in our endocrinology reproductive block. It's pretty much all just lectures this upcoming week. It's really not that much outside of that. And I would say this is a really good time to get caught up on things. And it's also a good time to schedule things as well. Um, so maybe this, this video will be about, you know, conscientious scheduling. Uh, maybe that will be our YouTube title. But, um, you know, really drilling down on when is good to use that time for other things and when is not. And I think that's really a skill. And I, I don't think everybody learns that and not everybody learns it quickly. Yeah, that's for sure. I think one of the things that was hardest transitioning into second year is we spent a lot more time in the clinic and the hospital um, seeing patients, like Lenny said, OSCEs. And those things take time, especially, you know, for patient care. Like, you know, I want to know my patients the night before. And not everybody does that. But, you know, I think it's it's useful to get my mind thinking before I go in and see the patient. Um, another thing is just like, you know, all the various other things that you have outside, research, um, you know, volunteer activities. 
I think one thing that my study strategy changed throughout the year and now the second year that I've been here is I focused a lot more on like watching a video and then typing up notes to solidify retention. And that's a really slow way of doing it. And some would argue it's slower than Anki, but for me, it really helped things stick in a way that mashing a flashcard over and over again really didn't because at the end of the day, I still, and I still maintain this, like Anki is great for retention, but at some point you start memorizing the card and not the concept. And I think that can be a hole that you fall into. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I think Anki is kind of, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because it's great in that it forces you to keep thinking about, you know, certain things over and over again, but it also, it's a big time sink. I, at least for me, um, and I go through cards pretty fast. Uh, and I would still say I spent a good hour to two hours at least going through Anki. You know, it's great for long-term retention, but I think that when you're with like a lot of information in a very short period of time, you know, it may not necessarily be the best strategy. Um, yeah. But some blocks are suited to Anki. So. I think the other thing is too, and I think the utility of Anki is going to vary greatly based on how well your institution teaches um, along with third-party resources. Because I know some people in my class fell into this trap is they would learn to the boards and beyond or learn to the Pathoma and not necessarily to the things that they were emphasizing in class. And that can get you into trouble later on in the course. Um, the other thing is I think sometimes you generally learn better when you're invested in the course and the professors who are there to teach you. I, um, part of it is like, maybe try that strategy when it's a block that you think you're interested in. For me, I'm interested in psychiatry and neurology. My psychiatry block was two weeks for our behavioral sciences. I just like took those two weeks. I didn't do any Aki and I just delved into psychiatry, reading about it, finding research, YouTube videos about it, and just really like allow myself to feel the love for psychiatry. And I think that's a great way to learn and not, and you know, just let yourself be enveloped by it. Let it become your world. Yeah, uh, I'm in the endo-repro block right now, like I said, and, you know, I want to do OBGYN. I think it's definitely a better motivator to go to lectures um, and, like, interact. I think it's a good way to, like, meet professors and, like, talk to talk to people who might be uh, shaping your field. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the conclusion here on Anki um, is really just it's suited to different things at different times, which is not incredibly helpful. Right. Um, that's not really what people want to hear. I know people who have managed to keep it up throughout the years, and that's amazing for them. But realistically, I think it's a great tool for step one, but especially as it's pass-fail. Pass if you need to stop doing it for a couple weeks, a couple months, do that because your time is likely better spent elsewhere. And if you have tightly compacted blocks, at least like I did, you know, where I have six weeks to learn all of form and functional anatomy, I don't have that time. Right. And it's about triaging that time. So really think about it. Think about where it fits in your life. Right. If it's not what was what was that old uh, cleaning show that you that was like viral? It's like remove things that don't bring you joy. Like she would come in, like how people get organized. I don't remember that, actually. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm trying to remember it. It was a show. Anyway, there was a show where this lady would like help people like clean up and get organized. And she would she would say, you know, like remove things that don't bring you joy. In, in this instance, remove things that waste your time. 
um, because in medicine, there will be tons and tons and tons of resources and tons and tons of things to waste your time. Um, yeah, no, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think, you know, especially first year, you're inundated with so many things that you have all the upper years telling you this is the best way to study. You have admin telling you this is the best way to study. You are starting to see patients. You want to get involved in research, military, and it's just a lot to balance. And it's becoming a more efficient medical student is about, you know, focusing and honing in instead of expanding. Like, and that's really going to be the theme of the rest of your medical career is honing in on what you want to do and the best use of your time versus being everywhere, doing everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, and I think also a big thing, something that I've talked to the first years about, and I think that's difficult for them to accept, is that you're not going to know everything. Um, going, like, you will be the smartest that you have ever been, like, the night before an exam, and you will still not know everything. And that is okay, because you will have to cut some corners. Um, and we've kind of talked a little bit about, like, strategies for, like, what those corners might be. Um, you know, good... And kind of what I what I discuss with them is uh, there's a lecturer that discusses uh, Cryduchat syndrome. Um, it's discussed once in in the whole block, and people were like, "Oh my gosh! Like, should I study Cryduchat syndrome? Like, do I need to do it?" It's like, well, you know, in the grand scheme of things, probably not, right? Because Dijon syndrome was talked about 15 times comparatively. So if I had X amount of time to spend, I would probably only spend it learning Dijon syndrome. Um, and so there are going to be instances where you are tested on minutiae that are brought up very few times, right? We call it the effort bucket. I don't want to curse on, uh, <laughs> I don't want to curse on YouTube, but, um, yeah, I think, I think all of our listeners out there know, know the rhyme, uh, the effort bucket. Um, but there are just some things that you have to throw away. I don't I know, Noah, you play video games, but, um, I kind of see it the way as like video games, right? Like there's an urge to be a completionist. Like I got to collect every single thing, you know, in the game. I got to complete every single quest. I got to talk to every single person. And, and in the end, you've played 500 hours in a game that was kind of mid. And it's not, it's not fun anymore, right? You never want to replay it ever again. And so that's kind of the way I, I, I see, you know, studying is that you're going to try to cover it as best you can. You're going to get the main storyline. And they're going to do the important side quest, but then they is not worth it to do everything. Yeah. I think this is like a key, a key lesson to learn during your medical training is you're not going to ever know everything and you're not going to know everything at once and at any one particular time. Like, you know, uh, one way that a, a very smart MD, PhD, um, she was my TA, the way that she put it as like, you know, you're, you're building layers of like of your knowledge base and like say you're learning about myocardial infarction maybe like you only have space to know like the key labs the key physical exam findings things like that then like maybe later on when you're a cardiovascular fellow you'll you'll know like the pathophys and what they see on like um ecg findings or, or things like that or or you know why those happen but maybe now you can just identify the changes and not know why or at least not know why to the extent that a cardiology fellow does. So it's really about building layers and it's okay if you don't have every single layer. 
like build your foundation and have a good foundation and everything else will come later. I think we covered studying pretty well. I, I think one thing that we should talk about, I think this is becoming more of a conscientious scheduling, you know, efficiency video. Um, but I think discussing like how to schedule extracurriculars, because I think we're both pretty involved with other things. Um, at least for me, I say that I pretty intentionally schedule things. I try to get everything done that I could over the summer, like for the clubs, like planning, organizing, that type of thing, because I had the time. Obviously, I know knowing you don't have that luxury. Um, but like when I have off weeks where it's only just lectures and just going to class or my obligations, I don't have to worry about studying. I try to schedule all my meetings during that time. And I set my boundary during the weeks before an exam. I'm like, hey, I have an exam coming up. Like, I don't think this is a good time. Yeah, I agree. I, I think getting uh, especially proficient at managing your time and scheduling, I like that point, is conscientious scheduling um, is important. Definitely the weeks before an exam for me are mostly like a no-go for anything that's super important or thing that's not on the school schedule for me to do. Um, I agree, like finding an off week or in my case, like off afternoons where I might have this shadowing opportunity or I set this afternoon aside to do chart review for research. I think that's going to become really important. And I think having a sense of where your week um, is going to go at the beginning is is important. And it allows you to be more efficient with your with your time and, you know, when to study, when are you going to take a break? When are you going to do this research? When am I going to manage this club? When am I going to do this thing for the first years that I have to do? And, you know, there's a lot on your plate, you know, as a second year medical student and, and as a first year, there is too. So I think finding that time, the schedule at the end of the week or the beginning of the week is really important, like Lenny said. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes you're just not going to be able to avoid it. But I think like having like a schedule and sticking to it, like I live by my planner, I can show it. Um, but like I make schedules. Oh no, I have blur on. Oh my gosh. I'd have to turn it's off. So annoying. Okay, let me turn off my blur. Okay. I live by my schedule. I write down everything I'm going to do. And even if I'm uh very busy on one day. I got to make sure I hit everything on that list. And that keeps me accountable because it's very easy to say, oh, man, I'm so tired. Or, oh, you know, football game's on. I, I don't want to do it right now. Um, speaking of football games, multitasking is a great way to do things. But, for example, if I'm watching, you know, football game with someone, I can do Anki at the same time because you don't really need to pay attention fully to football. <laughs> At least for me, I, I don't need to necessarily do that. Uh, I definitely was sitting in Oppenheimer and doing Anki. Don't recommend doing that. Um, the, <laughs> but, you know, finding opportunities to kind of just flip things in. Yeah. Like you said, I don't really have anything really to add on that as other than just finding opportunities. Yeah. Finding the most like weird times to do your Anki is something that I think everybody gets proficient in, in medical school <laughs> at some point. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, it, the only thing I would say is to be kind to yourself during this process. Like if you don't get to exactly everything on, on your list, like that's okay. Like sometimes, you know, you're just tired or 
like you're burnt out and you need to listen to your body and, and, and your brain. And sometimes you need that break, you know, sometimes you can overdo it. At least I know. Absolutely. Eleni, and I, Eleni and I know what it's like to overdo things. So. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I think we've pretty much talked about everything. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, we talked really about, it, it really became a, a conversation about, you know, scheduling, 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 knowing your limits, and then also like the pros and cons of Anki, which, you know, is just seems to be the word that we can't get away from in medical school. No, you cannot. Well, thank you all so much for joining us for another episode. This one's pretty quick. We're going to try and keep them a little shorter because uh, I, I don't know how, how long people really enjoy listening to us talk at them. Um, so we'll try to keep it a little shorter and see how that goes. Uh, but we really appreciate you all uh, taking a listen. If you liked it, please give us a like, follow, or subscribe, depending on your platform of choice. And we'll see you again soon. Take care. See y'all.